Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. We got it. Very good. Very good. I would invite you this Easter morning to open your Bibles to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation. We will be in chapter 1, starting in verse 9, going through verse 19. The book of Revelation is a vision that the Lord Jesus Christ reveals to the Apostle John. And it's an encouragement to the churches, not just at the time of the writing, but throughout the history of the church until Christ returns. It's a vision of how the Lord Jesus Christ will triumph. And so we turn our attention to God's holy word written for us. Revelation chapter 1, starting in verse 9. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys to death and Hades. Write, therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place, After this, this is God's holy word for us as people. Let us pray. Almighty God, we celebrate today the victory of Jesus Christ over death. As we hear your word of grace, we pray, inspire us by the power of your spirit that we may respond with joy and boldness in declaring our union with Christ, that we may share in the feast of his victory that we may live in the power of His resurrection. And we pray this all through Jesus Christ our Lord. Alleluia. Amen. When I was younger, I never understood the poem, The Raven. If you remember, Edgar Allan Poe writes of a man who is 
thinking about his lost love, Lenore, when he hears a tapping on his chamber door. The poem proceeds to tell of a raven who flies into this man's room and perches above the door. And to every question the man asks of this raven, the only answer that is given is, Nevermore. As the poem proceeds, the man becomes more and more agitated and haunted by this blackbird continually saying, Nevermore. Until the man reach heights of Assyria as he curses this bird as a bringer of bad omens and vainly attempts to shoo him out of his room. Now, to a young man, this poem seems more humorous than haunting. An annoying bird irritates a man until he becomes overcome with his annoyance. Yet recently I ran across this poem again and began to read it. As I progressed, I saw it from a whole new perspective. For the raven was not a bird of annoyance. Rather, he conveyed the deep pain which we all come to experience. The irreversibility of loss. You see, the raven represents all that has been lost to time. Everything that is unrepeatable. This man had lost his love. And the sinister raven continued to remind him that there was no hope of recovery. Will I see her again? Nevermore. Will I ever know her touch again? Nevermore. Will I ever be free of this loss? Quoth the raven, Nevermore. And yet, the nevermore is not just lost loved ones. It's lost summer vacations with friends. It's the houses or the schools that we have to leave. It's the divorce of parents, a marriage that will never be reconciled. Maybe it's the end of a basketball season, the graduation from high school, the home once filled with kids. It's lost health, lost relationships, lost time. Everything that time has irreversibly stolen away belongs to nevermore. And this Easter morning, I want to ask the question, how do you live in light of the nevermore? How do you handle the passage of time that takes what was and moves it into the ledger of never again? In your life, how do you try to get the raven to shut up? Do you ignore the nevermore? Do you fight it? Do you shoo it away? Do you give in to it and toil under the shadow of the nevermore all of your life? Or is there a way to overcome? Is there a way to see that bird fly away? In the book of Revelation, the Apostle John has received a vision in which this question is addressed. How does the church the followers of Jesus Christ live with hope when faced with the fear of suffering and loss and ultimately death. How do we live in the shadow of the nevermore and still live with hope for a future of forevermore? And the answer that we receive is that we who have faith in Christ can overcome the fear of death through the power of Christ. Resurrection. 
You see, if you have to sum up the book of Revelation with all of its twists and turns and imagery, with all the mystery and difficulty, with all the suffering and death, the true and final note of the book of Revelation is Christ wins. Christ wins. After everything that the world throws at the church throughout history, in the end, Christ wins. And because Christ wins, those who are in Christ win as well. And that is what we will see this Easter morning as we turn our attention to God's Word. We can live with hope in a world where nevermore is a constant threat because the resurrection of Christ means that we will live forevermore. Now the first way that we overcome the fear of death And loss is by understanding that the resurrected Christ is in control of the nevermore. Look down at verse 17 of your text. There we read what happens when the Apostle John sees the resurrected Christ. As you can imagine, he is overcome with fear. And it says, when I saw him, when I saw the resurrected Christ with his white hair and with his feet that are like burnished bronze, with this sword protruding from his mouth, as you can imagine, John says, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, fear not, I am the first and the last. Again, the book of Revelation is addressing those who are fearful. But Jesus says to us, fear not. Do not be afraid. Why? Because I am the first and the last. Or as he says elsewhere in the book of Revelation, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. Now, in saying that he is the first and the last, the resurrected Christ is claiming that he is God and that as God, he is the one who is in control of all history. Whatever has happened or will happen is occurring within the flow of history that began with Christ as the first and will end with Christ as the last. And the story of your life, each and every one of you present here today, the story of your life is a part of this grand narrative that is all flowing towards the climax of Christ's victory over death in the end. So fear not. The nevermore is not out of Christ's control. While we might not understand the loss or the hardship, while we might not understand the timing or the purpose, in the end, we know that Christ is in control of all the ups and downs of our life. Now, in saying that He is the first and the last, Christ is quoting Isaiah 44. There we read, Thus says the Lord, I am the first and the last. Besides me, there is no God who is like me. Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and set it before me. Let them declare what is to come and what will happen. Fear not, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? 
What the Lord is saying is that you need not be afraid because He alone knows what the future holds. For He is in charge. He alone directs history. And all of history is running towards this one goal. The victory of Christ and His church over death. One of the most powerful stings of the nevermore is nostalgia. The remembrance of a lost paradise that truly never was yours. For death's pain comes not all at once, but rather with everything that will never return. The nevermore is the death we experience in the midst of our fallen life. We remember our childhood and fret that it will never be again. We look back at our high school sports career that grows ever more glorious with each passing year. And yet you know you will never feel the turf under your feet or hear the crowd again in the same way. You see, they are irrevocably lost. And with each nostalgic glance back returns the unchangeable reply, nevermore. Yet we need not pine for a heaven that never was. We need not fret that time has stolen what was rightfully ours. For the resurrected Lord says to His people this Easter morning, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am in control. When the women came to the tomb of the Lord Jesus on Sunday morning, They were in the process of dealing with the nevermore of Jesus' death. The one whom they had loved. The one whom they had given their lives to. The one they thought was the Savior who would overcome their enemies. The one who said that He was the resurrection and the life. He was dead. He was gone forever. Or so they thought. Now as they approach the tomb where his body lay, they see something that was not quite normal. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and we read in Matthew 28, but the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. And that is what we remember this Easter morning. That Christ lived, He died, and that He rose from the dead to eternal life. This is how the nevermore of death is overcome through the victory of Christ over death. And that is what we see in our text for this morning. Look at the end of verse 17, end of verse 18. There Jesus says, fear not. I am the first and the last, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Do you see that in your text? You can look there. Look, it says, living, died, alive forevermore. Jesus' resurrection from the dead is the turning point in the history of the world. For it was the first time in history that death 
was eternally defeated. From generation to generation, every single one has succumbed to the nevermore of death. Our forefathers have gone into the grave never to come back out. And Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried. He suffered the same fate as every single human being that came before Him. But on the third day, He rose from the dead. The body was laid to decay in a tomb of stone. But when the women came to deal with the nevermore, they found that Christ had defeated it. His body rose from the grave and death was dead, not Jesus. You see, it was as though death were a heavyweight champion, a boxer, a perfect record of knockout. But when death came into the ring with Christ, death took on too much. And on Easter morning, Christ punched death in the face and knocked him out. And now he eternally stands in victory over a defeated foe. Therefore, we need no longer fear the nevermore of death. Because Christ has defeated death. And in doing so, turn the nevermore into forevermore. When Jesus rose from the dead, when His body came out of the tomb, it was to never return. Death cannot reach Him now. Death is no longer able to grab Him. And even now, the man Jesus Christ lives. And this is just the beginning. For the Bible tells us that Jesus' resurrection was the first fruits. It was an early taste of what is to come. It was the first sign of a day when all those who are in Christ by faith will rise in victory over death as well. For the resurrection was not just one man's escape from death, but rather it was a jailbreak. And all who come to Christ are now set free because Christ overcame the nevermore of death. Now, what do I mean in saying that the resurrection of Christ is a jailbreak? We'll look down at verse 18 again. Starting in verse 17, we'll go through 18. It says, Fear not, I am the first and the last. And the living one, I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Don't be afraid, dear Christian. For Jesus holds the keys that unlock the prison doors. On Easter, we celebrate that Christ got out of the prison of death. But He was not just the first out. Jesus came to earth not just to fight death, but to rescue sinners from death. You see, the reason that all of us are haunted by the power of the nevermore is because of sin and disobedience to God. We have defected from the side of life to the side of death. And every one of us is in prison to it. You know that you are because you feel it. You know it. 
the raven has come tapping on your chamber door as well. And you have looked with horror at the thought of the never more. But Christ has the key that undoes the chains that hold you. For in dying on the cross, He paid the penalty for sin. And in rising from the dead, He unlocked the door and the jailbreak is on. So throw down the chains of sin. Turn to Christ and trust in Him. You can try to fight sin and death on your own, but there is only one man who has ever won that battle. So trust in Him. Trust that His blood pays the penalty for sin. Trust that His death was a substitute for your death. And trust that His resurrection from the dead will free you from the grip of death forevermore. For by His death and resurrection, Jesus unlocked the gates of death for all who come to Him in faith. And He will not cast out any who come to Him. This morning, there are two people missing that I thought would be here. No, I'm not taking role as I glance around. My grandma and my grandpa Weber have always sought to be at the most important events in my life. They've always tried to be here for Easter morning. And even though they live all the way across the country in Washington State, they have made it a consistent effort to be a part of my life. And as long as I can remember, they have been full of life and love and joy. And they were supposed to be here this morning. But last week we found out that they couldn't make it. My grandfather has cancer. And he just is not strong enough anymore to make the trip. And an era of my life has come to an end. Nevermore will my grandparents come to visit me. And I wonder this morning, is there somebody missing here? Somebody in your life that you think should be sitting next to you this Easter morning, celebrating with you? Where is the raven haunting your thoughts this morning? Is it an injury that means that you will never more move with the strength and speed that you once had? Is it a looming graduation that means that you will never more be a child in your parents' home? Is it the thinning of hair on your head that says, Never more will I have the locks of my youth. All around us are marks of nevermore haunting us. But the promise of the resurrection is that the nevermore has been overcome. That the sting of death has been taken out. That though we live in the shadow of death, we need not fear evil. For when Christ rose from the dead, He broke wide open the path of life, life forevermore. So how do we overcome? How do we overcome the fear of the nevermore? We overcome it by the power of the resurrection of Christ. Now you might be asking, so does this mean that I'll get everything back the way that it was? Will I get back the childhood? Will I get back the home? 
Will I get back the family? Will I get back the past paradise that I have lost? Well, no. The resurrection does not take us back to a past paradise that never was. For the resurrection of Christ moves us forward to a future paradise that is so much better than anything that we have ever experienced here in this world. You see, there is true loss. There is pain. There are scars. Yet the Word of God tells us that the nevermore of this world will not even be worth comparing to the forevermore of life in Christ Jesus. So Christian, this Easter, be not afraid. Trust in Christ, for He is the first and He is the last. He is the living one. He died and He lives forevermore. And He holds the keys to death and to Hades forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go to our risen Lord in prayer. Almighty God, we come to You this morning declaring that we are full of fear and worry and doubt. Yet, we ask that by the power of Your Spirit, we may see and trust in the resurrected Christ, knowing that He has overcome. I pray for each who are present here this morning, that they would know the power of life in Christ Jesus. And though they hold the scars of the nevermore, that they will only be marked singing forth the glory of eternal life in Christ Jesus, who has overcome all of our sin and death forever. In the name of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.